Pets need flea and tick protection. And with Tevra Pet, you have everything you need. With Tevra Pet, active spot two for cats. Online at tevrapet.com. Tevra Pet, where there's always free shipping on flea and tick protection. You've tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we are speaking with Sally Williams. Sally was the founder and executive director of the Brody Fund. The Brody Fund was inspired by the love of a cat named Brody and for six years offered financial assistance to families that had pets diagnosed with cancer. She was also mom to Marlon, the Buddha cat who bravely lived every day to the fullest while living with cancer for two years. His legacy is Marlon Nation and his life is one of the inspirations for Mission Meow. Sally, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Hi, Stacy. Thank you for having me as a guest again. <laughs> I know it's been several years since we last met. And at that point in time, you were very passionate and very involved with the Brody Fund. Can you just give us a, a quick update as to, um, you know, how the fund is and what happened with it? Okay, so the Brody Fund uh, closed at the beginning of this year. And um, it was through tears and a lot of difficult decisions uh, with the board that we decided to do that. And really for no other reason than it's really hard to live in the pet cancer world that long and live through it with a cat with cancer, you know, twice. I did it, you know, Brody obviously inspired me. Marlon kept inspiring me. All the animals, the cats and dogs that we helped were an inspiration but you also fall in love with them and you also go through heartache with them and through a pandemic. And I just reached a point where it was too difficult to live in that world anymore. And uh, it was going to be, I, I thought, oh, well, we'll just have someone take over for me. And I've joked about it with several people. I don't know why nobody wanted to work 50, 60 hours a week for free in pet cancer. Like, why didn't, why was not easier to find? But I'm very proud of what we accomplished until the very, very end. And even in the end, we continued to raise money right up to that last date. And then we granted money to all of the participating hospitals so they would have a little bit of a legacy to move forward with. So I'm very proud of everything we did. And we helped, we gave um, 71 grants and over $200,000. And what we did, I love, is we fully funded. We probably could have given more case more grants, but we fully funded the ones that we gave. So I'm really, really proud of um, everything we accomplished and wouldn't be where I am right now with Mission Meow if it weren't for the Brady Fund, for sure. Yeah, before we jump into Mission Meow, I just want to ask, because I think this is a very tough question, or at least I get it from several organizations, you know, when they reach a point where it's time for the leadership of the group to move on, mm -hmm. you know, how do you make that hard choice? Is there is there a clear path in deciding we go forward or we decide to close up? I mean, was there I was it we, was it mainly have to look at all the options? Yep. And we worked with um, a nonprofit coach. 
I mean, this wasn't something we were like, boom, okay. We thought, okay, we can expand the board. We can, and then I can let go of some of the responsibility. Uh, we could recruit somebody to take my position. We we tried everything and nothing was really working. The You know, the the idea of expanding the board, giving up responsibility sounds great, but it was like a two year plan. And emotionally, I just didn't have that in me anymore. And maybe for some other people, it would have been different. I think it depends upon how your fund is run, but I got involved in every everything. Um, every grant that we gave, if that family was open to it, and I think 99% of them were, they became our family. So I fell in love with every cat and dog. I went through it with them. I studied grief counseling in that time so that I could be there for them. It was just something that I didn't know how to do it any other way. And the board didn't want to do it any other way. So there was that fear of what if somebody else comes in and wants to change the core essence of the Brody Fund? That wasn't something that we felt we ever wanted to do. So we did take a break. We we took a break to think about it and to talk about it and to hash it all through. And um, as much as I miss it, and I think, you know, the world could use another Brody fund, maybe somebody else can take that torch and, and run with it. I'd love to see that. It just didn't happen for the Brody fund. But I think that all we can do is be incredibly proud of what we accomplished in that time frame and how we accomplished it. We never compromised who we were, which was giving grants to senior pets, to the underdog and cat, to fully fund those cases. I mean, we could have done things a lot differently, but I think that's what made us so special. Oh, and it's great to have that as a as a case study and memory, as you say, for others that want to try and start something similar in their area. So I think it's always good to, you know, to save the information and be able to you know, utilize it in the future. Yeah. For anyone who would want to talk about if they had any thoughts of running a pet cancer fund, I would certainly be a resource for that person and a mentor and be happy to encourage anybody because it's an area that there are so many families that need help. That was the hardest thing about walking away, knowing that, you know, there might be a family that you know, isn't getting help because we're not around. That was a very difficult pill for me to swallow. But um, I also knew that it's one of what's the oxygen mask on yourself first. I was no good anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it was time to put the oxygen mask on me and figure out, okay, where do I go from here? How do I take my passion for nonprofits and helping specifically cats and move forward? And so now we have Mission Meow. So tell us what Mission Meow is all about. So I'll read you the mission statement first because it kind of gives you a very broad, but the mission statement is Mission Meow works with businesses to increase the level of charitable donations for small feline-centric nonprofits to help create meaningful change for cats in need. So that's what our mission statement is. And what, what we've done and... What I sat down to think, okay, what do I want to do? What's the community I want to help? I want to stay in nonprofits. I want to help cats. um, And I want to specifically help small nonprofits because I knew what it meant to run a small nonprofit and how challenging it is now. So it came down to how do we help them? How do they raise money? Well, they raise money through independent private donations, through fundraising, through grant writing, and then probably through businesses, right? Those are the bigger areas. 
And me and just thinking of launching, I was like, okay, it's not sustainable to be going after individual donors all the time. I'm not a grant writer, don't want to be. And there's fewer grants and more nonprofits. And then there's the events. Events are wonderful and fun, but they cost money and the outcome is unpredictable. You don't know how much money you're going to make. So the one that was left that was really intriguing to me were business donations, because there are so many incredible businesses out there that are philanthropic, that help in the communities that they love. So then it was talking to nonprofit directors about how often do you get support from businesses? What's the average donation? What's the impact? And everybody agreed that they you know, were getting donations from businesses. And we're talking about small nonprofits now specifically. So bigger nonprofits tend to get bigger amounts from businesses because they feel that they the budgets... Uh, there's just, I can't even get into the reasons, but that's just the way it works. So small nonprofits are benefiting in smaller ways from businesses. It all matters. I want to be very clear that every dollar makes a difference. But on average, the nonprofit directors I talked to were getting anywhere from $150 to $500 a month from businesses. So at the end of the year, that's a nice chunk of money. But what happens is in that month when I ask, so where does that money go? The only thing they can really say is it goes to general funding. And that makes a difference because that's paying bills and paying for supplies and stuff. But they can't tell a business specifically where it's going. So that's kind of what got my brain working. So I thought, all right, how do we change that? And I started thinking about, okay, well, crowdfunding does that. What about if we kind of in a unique structured way, crowdfund businesses? And what I mean by that is, so my goal was to launch with 150 businesses on board that would donate quarterly. And I just use 150 as the example because then the math is very easy. So if you launch in, say, January, you have 50 businesses. So group A in January, 50 group B in February, 50 group C. And then A starts again in the next quarter. And it's very organized. You have the same set of businesses in each quarter. And if you can organize it in a way where there's small businesses, medium and large, all in the same month, and you get it set in the formula so that the average donation is around $200, which that's that's doable, right? So some biz, small businesses might be able to give you between 50 and 100. Some might be able to give you 500 or more. So if you can get that average to $200, that is a $10,000 amount in a month that we have made through business crowdfunding. How amazing is that? So then my presentation to a few of my close friends, the three answers that really got me when I said, what would happen if one month you were presented with a check for $10,000? And the three answers were pass out, cry and throw up. <laughs> and that's just all from shock. Those are their different responses of we would, that would be amazing to get that much money. So how cool is that? And I looked out there and there was nobody else doing this. Now in small communities, it happens, right? So we all probably experienced where there is a tragedy in our community, where a child gets cancer, or a family's house burns down and people come together, businesses and people come together, right? In a, in a kind of a crowdfunding fashion and raise a lot of money. So it's kind of that concept, but 
really focusing on businesses. That Now, that's not to say that Mission Meow isn't set up already on the website for individual donors. There is a donate button and we will sell merchandise. So that it's a three-pronged approach, but the bulk, I don't know, who knows? Maybe the individual donors will blow my mind and will double what, and wouldn't that be? So that's why we say we can raise... I mean, I say 150 businesses, we want to get past that. That's just a nice goal. We might launch with 50 businesses initially and be able to go quarterly because I'm not going to dilute the monthly amount by reducing the number of businesses in a quarter. I want to have at minimum 50 businesses in a quarter because that's how we make significant impact for small nonprofits. And the reason why this is so important is that a small nonprofit, we're going to set up parameters. They're going to, they're going to apply. So they will be vetted. So businesses will know these nonprofits will be vetted. So we know their size. We know they're big enough that they're managing a budget, but they're small enough that they're not that well um, funded. They don't have a, maybe as big a donor base, or they don't have, you know, big corporations, that kind of thing. So they're going to apply and we're going to, ask of them that they have a project in mind so that we're fulfilling a dream, a wish, something big for them. Because often what happens is these TNR groups, these small rescues, FIV groups, rescues that are just devoted to seniors, right? They have a lot of overhead. And so these big wishes either don't happen or they try. I've seen campaigns get launched all the time and they have a time frame of maybe it's going to take a year or two, right? Because these campaigns can take a long time. And what happens along the way is some cats get really sick. Uh, a washing machine breaks. There's a leak in the building. The car breaks down. That's transport. And guess what happens? They start dipping into that money because the day to day is already being planned for, but then that emergency can really throw you. And then there goes that thing. So Mission Meow, you apply for it. And then we, at the end of the month, are gonna be able to give you this huge check that now maybe a TNR group gets that used van that they need. So they're not all driving around in their cars that can only fit one or two traps. They have a proper van now. Maybe a rescue, that has a great outdoor space, but has never been able to utilize it, can build a catio. Really cool. Like I've seen it um, here in Ringo's, New Jersey, Tabby's place has catio space. Like how many wouldn't dream of that? Or, you know, senior cat rescues that it's been 10 years since maybe they've overhauled. And maybe they need ramps proper, you know, different types of, because cages are very different now, you know, and they're much more pleasing to the eye for adopters to come in, that kind of thing. Or maybe there's a rescue that during kitten season is so stressed because they can't take in neonatals and they're scrambling, they're trying to take in kittens. And then all of a sudden they get these newborn babies and they don't they can't do this because they don't have incubators. And now they're scrambling to try to find a group to take. And you know how fast that has to happen. These babies need help right away. What if we can help launch that program for a group? They can buy five or six incubators and then buy the bottle warmers and all the things they need to kick off a program that literally saves lives. Wow. That's powerful. Very powerful. So, and it would be one organization that is selected or multiple, or is it just depending on? So it would 
start with one a month because mm-hmm. if you know, and my dream is that this grows beyond that, right? That, but we have to have in our head, okay, this is our goal for now. So it would be one campaign a month. And so then there's different components to that campaign. So we have the business side of thing. So we have sit, we have 50 businesses. On our end, we have a page on the website that's devoted to those businesses. So anybody can see who's in that month and who's, you know, every month actually for Mission Meow, because we want you to see who's doing this. I know I like to shop the businesses that are philanthropic. So here's a full list of all the businesses that we are working with. Also, we will provide them for it with a media kit for their month. So they'll get a graphic that says Mission Meow, the name of the nonprofit, and then we'll have a writer write a small blurb about the, um, probably a better word, a small paragraph, not a blurb, about that organization that we're helping. So we give them everything that they need so that they can promote the campaign during the month. What we don't do is tell the organization how to fundraise. They best know. So depending upon the size of your business, maybe all you want to do is write us a check. Write us a check. Just share the graphic saying you're joining the team for the month. Maybe you share at the beginning of the month, end of the month, you write a check and thank you. Maybe you're a smaller business and you don't know exactly what your income is going to be that month. So you're going to give a percentage of your sales. Or maybe you are, I've had an organization say, we're going to, take your logo and we're going to put it on kickers and mats and things, and we're going to sell them and give you the proceeds of that. So each business decides how they want to fundraise. Brick and mortars, they can put a donation box out. They could have a fundraising night, like a sip and shop, whatever they want to do. They know better. I wouldn't, that's not my, you know, you decide how you want your campaign to run, but we'll give you what you need to promote it. Then at the end of the month, we'll give them a graphic and we'll give them the amount and then we can all share. And then the beautiful thing is for the businesses, they now know where their money went because we're going to be able to follow up with that organization and see what they've done with our money, which is really so cool. Now, on the other end, we will vet the nonprofits, we'll know where the money is going, and every month we'll rotate it through a new one, but also they're going to get a lot of love, right? Both sides are going to get a certain number of social media mentions, we're going to send out newsletters, emails, so the businesses get some love, the nonprofits get some love. And at the end of it, we have all come together and made a dream come true for a small nonprofit. I, I just, it's amazing to me. That's like, I every morning I wake up with a fire lit underneath me. Okay, like how many businesses am I going to get today? Because we already, we have our first nonprofit picked. We have an event planned. We're having a proper launch. Like all that is already set in stone because they have a project. They need them. Like it's already ready to go. Now it's just still building the foundation. You know, we have um, three amazing board members. We're announcing another one joining next week, which I'm so exciting. We're announcing businesses coming on board every day. So that's fantastic. We know how hard it is to get donations for your rescue work. That's why the team at Dubert decided it was time to disrupt this process with their new e-commerce solutions. Now your donors can purchase food and supplies and have them shipped directly to your organization, making it easier on you and them. But wait, that's not even the best part. 
Every order with your organization designated as the beneficiary makes you money. Dubert will donate 5% of the order total to your organization. That's 100 times more than Amazon pays. So if your donor or volunteer spends $100, Dubert will donate $5 to your organization versus the five cents that Amazon would donate for the same purchase. Now your fosters, adopters, and donors can shop for their regular pet supplies on Dubert and enjoy the same free shipping offered by Chewy, but knowing they are delivering regular funding to you. Learn more at Dubert.com and get started today. When it comes to large cats, you need flea and tick protection you can trust. Silver Pet has you covered with a special Active Spot 2 flea treatment for large cats online at TevraPet.com. Tevra Pet, where there's always free shipping on flea and tick protection. Ever wanted to quickly connect, collaborate, or problem solve with others in the animal welfare field who are, you know, real people? Look no further than Maddie's Pet Forum. Maddie's Pet Forum brings people of animal welfare together with the common goal to keep more people and pets together. We share ideas, expertise, offer each other support, resources, and more. Visit forum.maddiespetforum.org slash cats. Maddie's Pet Forum. Come for an answer. Stay for the community. You know, I just have to wonder, you know, you mentioned smaller nonprofits. Um, Some organizations will say, I, I know with our Community Cats Grants program in general, we're looking for TNR groups that have annual revenues of, you know, $100,000 or a little bit less than that, something in that ballpark uh, to, to really help mostly TNR only groups. Um, we do mm-hmm. have some larger groups in there, depending on their TNR. Do you have a revenue sort of level to help define what a small nonprofit is for We're you? We're going to. We're going to have it set in stone. Um, we haven't landed on that upper number yet. It's kind of hard to, like, I don't want to, because there are some organizations that do have a little bit bigger budget, but they're still running very lean. So I don't want to rule anybody out. So we'll probably give like a, a general area and there might be some gray area where we might go over a little bit, depending upon what they're doing, because some of them like, you know, seniors and FELVs, they, they, they spend a lot more money because of the veterinary bills. So they may be raising a little bit more. There might be a little bit more revenue coming in, but they're still not able to do things because they really have to pay so much in bills. So there may be some wiggle room there. Um, we do need to see a certain amount, like we need to see a budget. That's something we need to see because the, the smaller nonprofits need to be organized enough so they can track where the money's going. So we're going to give parameters, but there will be some gray area because um, there'll be some conversations. You know, we're going to have a committee that vets the nonprofit to make sure that we know where the money is going. Yeah, no, and 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 that makes sense. And, and if there are folks out there who aren't aware of websites like GuideStar, that kind of thing, that's where your board will be going to look to make sure that everybody is up to snuff. And we do that at the Community Cats Grants program too, as we check everybody's. Yeah, what's there's GuideStar and Charity Navigator. Yeah. Right. Are really the two where a lot of the foundation or board trustees go to for those kinds of things. So if you if you aren't there and you haven't updated it, you should go search your organization and see what the general public sees. You'll learn a lot and you know be able to update that. And then um, and then also I'll make sure in the show notes we put information out about the Community Cats Grants program because in 2023 we've made some changes so folks can really check that out um, and some great opportunities there where we work with funding 
spay neuter as well as maybe some other spay neuter initiatives and some of the extra costs that revolve around that spay neuter for the cats you know we're sort of on the other side where you're looking at a tangible project so there's a lot of partnering here that could happen from that standpoint that would be amazing yeah and i mean you know you're talking about like a trap bank developing a trap bank and purchasing those traps and that kind of thing there are just so many things that these organizations need. I mean, and one of the things I think is like these smaller groups that are doing amazing work, sometimes they don't get the donations that they really need because they don't even have time to be updating their websites, their social media. And it's harder for them to get the volunteers to do that because maybe they're not as glamorous as some of the bigger organizations, but they really need this. But they just don't have time. I mean, especially TNR groups who are out there and trapping is hard, hard work. And when I started looking into the numbers and seeing that TNR groups generally don't have salaried people, like these are just people giving of their time. And so they're driving their own cars and it's a lot. And so that was one of the things I was like, imagine if a group we could fund and give them a proper van that could really load up cats and get more to be spayed and neutered all at once, as opposed to, you know, this back and forth. And I don't know, there, there are so many possibilities for organizations where this money could go. And there's so many groups I follow. I'm sure you're the same. And I'm, I'm sure we're talking to a, a, a group of people that feel the same way. You're, I mean, you'd be... People out there may be able to say, oh my gosh, I have an organization that I know. Now we're not taking applications yet. I think the application will probably go up mid-September for nonprofits. We just didn't want, like that's not something we can be looking at yet. So if people are thinking, oh my God, I want to apply, not yet. We're still in the process of building and getting our business side of it built. Um, But soon enough, that will be there for sure. But we're I just feel like this has so much potential to grow beyond even helping one a month, you know, maybe the first couple of years as we're making sure everything runs smoothly, that's our focus. But then if maybe we build up to 300 businesses and maybe then there's two campaigns a month, you know, the, the possibilities are limitless for sure. The challenges now are having good conversations with businesses. It's hard to get people on the phone these days. Everything is so email and text driven that I'm batting 100% when I'm on the phone with people. Everybody who I talk to signs on because it's contagious. It feels who doesn't want to give back to the community they love. And when they realize, so the hurdle for me with the small businesses, they, they were saying, well, we didn't think we could join because we didn't think we could contribute enough. Of course you can. I mean, if you start out at $50 quarterly, and then you see that you can start giving more, give more. What if you say you're going to do $50 and you're going to hold some sort of, you know, sale of something, whatever you do, you might be able to even do more than that in the first time, you know? So anybody can come on board. You can start at a small number. We have people at $50, at $100, at $500. We have different levels. So I don't want any business to feel like they can't join. And I also want businesses to know that a lot of the bigger ones, well, we already have a philanthropic arm. We already give back. No reason you can't do both, especially when you find out the commitment is doesn't have to be so big, you know, and then at the end, you're part of something really special. I mean, I especially love it for the small businesses who 
said to me, we didn't know we could have such a big impact. So their 50, 100, $200 turns into 10, 12, 15,000 and does something so dramatic for a small nonprofit. Like that to me, that gets me really excited. Yeah. They feel like they're part of it. You know, they can go, that's that, that's my trap bank or that's my catio. That's my, you know, exactly. so that's my project and, that I was part of. And we're not highlighting any business more than the other. Everybody's going to get, we're going to have a blog where it's set up where bloggers write about the different businesses where everybody's going to have the same set number of social media mentions. Everybody's going to be mentioned the same amount of times in the newsletter. And we're not going to highlight each individual's contribution. That's not the point. I'm not going to say group A raised $50, group B raised $1,000. That's not the point of this. The end result is the and the fact that a community came together and did this. And I've said this to a few people, and I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people feel like the world is a little bit hard right now. COVID was hard. There's a lot of division. People talk about all kinds of stuff, even in the in the cat world, sometimes things get divided. Oh, well, you should feed them this, or you should use this type of litter, or you're using the wrong type of box. And as a behaviorist, I was the person telling them to do this, right? But so there's, there's all these different areas that we do things differently. But the bottom line is we all love cats. We all love cats. And all that stuff goes to the wayside. It doesn't matter what litter you use. It doesn't matter what food you use. It doesn't matter which organization you support independently on your own. None of that matters. We all love cats. We all came together. And at the end of this month, I am holding up this giant check that I am now giving to somebody who could potentially throw up, cry, or pass out. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. That's excellent. Sally, if folks are interested in finding out more, how would they do that? So we have a website they can go to, which is missionmeow.org. And so there's information on there for the general public, which who can donate. There is a page dedicated to business partnerships. So if you're a business and you're looking to partner with us, there's a place where you can sign up and then we'll get you more information. And there's also a shop. If you like our logo, which I love our logo, you can buy some merch and it all helps. Excellent. Uh, Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I just want to say thank you to everybody so far for the excitement, for the support of this community, the people that have rallied around. It's been amazing. People like you, people like Two Crazy Cat Ladies, the Tamar and Jen and Doc Liz Bales who are on my board. Uh, I just, I feel so incredibly lucky to have this second opportunity to have an amazing nonprofit and I couldn't do it alone. There's just so many people. And for all of those whose names I can't mention because there's too many, just know I love you. Everybody in Marlin Nation, everybody who's supporting this next uh, great adventure. I I know we're going to do amazing things. Excellent. And just a note to our listeners, this show may be released in January. So do check out the website because the application may be up at that point in time. It will be. Excellent. So make sure you check out the website. They will be running along smoothly by January of 2023. So I hope you'll check it out. And Sally, I want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And I look forward to having you back. Thank you so much. I can't wait to update you. 
That's it for this week. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. We love to hear what you think, and a five-star review really helps others find the show. You can also join the conversation with listeners, cat caretakers, and me on Facebook and Instagram. And don't forget to hit follow or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single show. Thanks for listening, and thank you for everything that you do to help create a safe and healthy world for cats. Your cat will love you when you choose high-quality Tevra brand products. All that approved, including flea and tick protection from all the diseases that they carry. Online at TevraPets.com, where there's always free shipping on flea and tick protection.